The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Well, good evening. Welcome. So glad you are with us. Another week of WTMJ Nights. And this week, I actually mean it. It's almost a full week of WTMJ Nights. I know. Buckle in. Call your neighbors. Tell everybody you know. Six o'clock is the time to be here. Uh, And it is also the time to get involved with the big show. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. If you call in tonight, Isaac is producing the big broadcast, so be nice to him. You'll get to me. And if you want to start out with a text, why not? Let's do it. The text question of the night. Today is National Tattoo Removal Day. Do you have a tattoo that you regret? Do you have a tattoo that you regret? Isaac, I don't know. Do you have any tattoos? You're a musician and all. I figure you're all tatted up. I've been meaning to get one for my entire (laughs) life, and I've just never gotten around to it. I, You know what? Tattoos, like now tattoos are everywhere. And I, I see people with really nice tattoos, and I have a little uh, FOMO that I'm not uh, I'm not cool enough. Every brewer I meet has a million tattoos. Thankfully, when I was in college and more likely to get a tattoo, there were not tattoo parlors everywhere. After I graduated, a couple came to um, the town where I went to school. I have a feeling... I would have made very bad choices with tattoos back in the day. Uh, Like a full back Tasmanian devil probably would have been on there. Uh, Just stupid, stupid tattoos, you know. And so thankfully I don't have any that I regret. I'm always amazed because people who have tattoos say once you get one, you want to get more. So I, I really haven't run into anybody that just has one tattoo. Yeah, I... I think I know, I know like one person who has one tattoo, but even then, I feel like most people are just covered in them at this point. Yeah, and I see that's, I have a hard time with commitment with humans, so I don't know if I could get anything on my body that I would have to then wait for National Tattoo Removal Day to get taken off, because as much as I'm guessing it hurts to get a tattoo and again i don't know i'm just going by urban legend and what i've heard so it hurts to get it it's got to really hurt to get it off unless you use a cheese grater i don't know how you actually get them off i from what i've heard they it's like a laser thing yeah but it takes a it takes a lot of time to get one off i think it's that they like burn away the layers of skin that the the ink is permeating that sounds horrifying it, it just does. it just sounds it, really does. it sounds really really painful. Anytime you're anytime you use the term they're going to laser use a laser and burn off your skin. I go, oh, that sounds like something I'd want to get involved with. This is sounds great. Uh but I do like the other day the other day we were at the fair and it was great. I was with uh, Steve Scafidi and Sandy Max and we were doing a show and playing this game and a, a young woman came up to the glass to play the game and she was when I say covered with tattoos, I mean across her forehead, all the way up her neck to her chin, uh, full sleeves. Uh, that was all I could see. Uh, but I, so I'm guessing there had to be like leg tattoos and everything. If you're that heavily heavily tattooed on top, and some of them look good, but some of them I was like, uh, I was a little worried. I was like, wow, because there are certain tattoos that you get, and that's a that's not just a commitment to your ink. It's a commitment to a way of life, you know? Um, 
Like when Mike Tyson got his face tattoo. Now, again, I'm not throwing shade at anybody with a face tattoo, but it, um, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, 855-616-1620, all my inked friends, it kind of limits you if you if you have face tattoos, right? For some a little people, bit. For some people, that's the point of it. I know there are some musicians who, like some rappers, who will get face tattoos so that they're kind of unemployable and they have to succeed in music. <laughs> Is that why you haven't gotten any? Because you're you're hedging your bets, yeah, even though the, even though the band is doing okay, I might just go full face tattoo at some wow. point. Wow! But would it's, you, it's would, radio, so no one will be able to see me anyway. Nobody would know. Yeah. But I would comment on it incessantly, and yeah. it would depend what your entire face was. If you went Darth Maul, that would be cool. I think I would do I would do a full face of puzzle pieces because I'm an enigma. Whoa! I yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that's going to be a hard sell for uh, like going out on remotes. Who's, who's producing? I don't know. Puzzlehead? That kid? I don't know. who. I, I don't really know his name. I look at... I, 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 not to, you know, I don't want to speak bad of the kid, but I, I never learned his name after his head's a puzzle. And so <laughs> I just kind of left it. Jim in Milwaukee says, I got a wedding ring tattoo and don't regret it even after the divorce, but I had it removed for respect of my new and improved better wife. There you go, Jim. Yeah, you don't want to... Uh, you don't want that... Uh, now, I like, I like the wedding ring tattoo idea... Just because I don't like wearing jewelry, so I think the wedding ring tattoo would be great. Um, Peter says he has no tattoos, don't want any, and therefore don't have one to regret. Uh, that did, yeah. I like I said, I know. I w- now last year we went to Ireland, and I had been doing some research, and I found this tattoo parlor in Galway that had all kinds of great reviews. And they were like, walk-ins, welcome. And I'm like, mm, this could be the time. Go to Ireland, get something from the homeland tattooed on me. But then where? And what do I get? And how long is it going to take? Uh, you know, And uh, is it going to throw off my passport that I went without ink and I came home with ink? Am I going to be deemed some sort of threat? So there was a lot going on. Uh, probably a little overthinking. I'm not going to lie. It, it probably didn't necessitate all of that. But uh, that was it. So that's our text question of the night. Um, It's National Tattoo Removal Day. Do you have a tattoo that you regret? And if you do, did you cover it? Did you get it removed? Are you living with that regret daily? Is it somewhere where everybody can see it? Or is it in a very discreet place? Because there's a lot of people who have tattoos that you you don't even know. Which I think is, I I think that's, I, I think it's all cool. I just... I'm also at an age where I don't know if getting a tattoo now is the best move, you know, unless it's my life law or, you know, (laughs) a number for my medic alert just tattooed right on me. Um, Let's see from the uh, from Caroline. I've just won so far. It's been nine years since I got mine, but I started with it on my ribs on my side for my dad, a Scottish thistle who passed away nearly 20 years ago and me a bumblebee. Now, I like tattoos with a story. And tattoos that have meaning. I'll get another one for my mom before she's gone. Tomorrow is her 75th birthday, so sometime in the next 10 to 30 years. That's very cool, Caroline. If you have one that you regret or one that you uh, love, let us know. And also, correct me if you've had one removed. Is it is it, as Isaac said, just taking a laser and burning off your skin? Which sounds very sci-fi. It doesn't. That can't be right, Isaac. But we'll see. Uh, we'll get to that and so much more. It's WTMJ Nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ Nights coming up next.
Thank you, Wyatt. Yes, we will keep our eyes on the skies. That's uh, I know that rhymes and is uh, cheesy, but it's true. It has been it, it, the weather has been miserable today, and you don't get to say that much. Nobody nobody has any sympathy for you when you say the weather is miserable. But uh, boy, coming off this weekend and coming off uh, the fair where the weather was so gorgeous, and then today just rain, rain, rain nonstop. But um, you know. That's that's the way it goes. If you're out, if you're driving, if you're going to the Pink concert, I I know Wyatt has been reporting on it. Everybody's been talking about it. I was in it coming to work tonight. The traffic is crazy, and with the rain, the roads are really bad. So, uh, not to sound like your father, but slow down, relax. You'll get there. Uh, you'll yeah, you'll probably get in to see some of Pat Benatar. You know, she's not starting right at six thirty. There's somebody else, and then uh, you'll definitely be in in time for Pink. But uh, so be careful. Have a great time. And if you get out before, no, you won't be done before nine. I don't know why I was going to tell you to call. Call Isaac. He's going to be here uh, listening to Dave Ramsey. You can call Isaac. Tell him how the uh, Pink concert was afterwards, and he'll relay relay that message to me. Or tomorrow, we'll ask you. Either way, uh, we were talking about tattoos. Uh, you haven't lived until you've seen tattoos on old baggy skin. Your skin in your 20s looks a lot different than in your 60s and 70s. That is true, 920 texter. Uh, somebody from the 414, all of mine can be covered. That, that would be, uh, I guess, if you do you have to plan that in advance? Like, you go, all right, I'm getting this tattoo, and if I need to someday, I can cover it, or you just hope that. When the time comes that you're sick of it, you can cover it up. Michael says, I don't know what I would have had tattooed on my body at 20 that I could explain today at 70. That's been my problem, too, Michael. As I said, I just uh, thought, well, maybe it's uh, I'm past that point in my life. My wife and I have joked about getting tattoos, um, but we never follow through because really, what, you know, what are I going to do? Roll it here, and Isaac will look at me and just shake his head. And all the all the youngs at the station will just go, "Who's this guy trying to impress with his tattoos?" Walking around like he's a heavy metal, heavy metal biker rocker guy. I think I'd be impressed with your tattoos, Brian. Even if it was just a uh, a little flower. Oh, that would be so punk rocker. <laughs> I just get, what I don't get is you know the cartoon characters and all that. I it's fun, and boy, some of the art is great. But I do, and I know, again, I know how this sounds. I always wonder what these people will look like at 70. I, and they don't care. You know, they know how they'll look at 70. They'll look like old people with tattoos. You know, that's and I always liked, I used to love seeing like old guys who had been in the Navy and stuff. They'd come home with, uh, and you could tell they were tattoos that they got somewhere overseas because they were e- either the... Uh, stereotypical like hula girl or go you know kind of pinup girl or they're just being anchor or a big eagle and it was like those guys were overseas fighting and they took time to get a tattoo good on them and those were old guys and they still they're still walking around like hey, we you know what are you gonna try something no i'm not gonna try anything at all everything everything's fine my friend everything is good uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the first day of school on the uh, in a in a minute. But speaking of school, this sometimes I like to uh, try to find a nice story. And many many days I cannot find nice stories because eh, we don't have a lot of nice things going on anymore. But this story this story got to me. Uh, it's about a father and a daughter, and a daughter who was going for her master's degree. And her father decided to go for his master's degree as well. So both of them enrolled at Clemson University. 
They took all the same classes, the father and the daughter, which to me I think would be would be difficult taking a class. If I if I were to enroll in grad school with my daughter, that would be the tough part. Sitting there with her. But you know, they got it done. Here's the here's the cool word, the cool part. Uh, both of them concentrated on regional sustainability because they both work in that field in North Carolina. They both graduated on Friday with 4.0 GPAs. So Bailey Rechtenwald and her father Mark, that's a nice uh, that's a nice thing to share with your child, especially if your child's smart. Because imagine if or imagine if your daughter got a 4.0 and you got a, like a 2.5, and she just looks at you and goes, "Oh, thank God I inherited mom's brains." Because you are, uh, you're kind of embarrassing me. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. That two five. How could you do that? Um, Jeff says I should get a tattoo of Wizzo. Nobody did. Do you know who Wizzo is, Isaac? Uh, Lizzo with a speech impediment. Mm, good guess. I like the guess, but no. Wizzo was a wizard on. Uh, Wizzo was a wizard on Bozo Circus, and he was the creepiest clown. He was a clown wizard. And uh, he was played by Marshall Brodeen, who was a magician who sold TV magic kits on television. Marshall Brodeen's TV magic. And Wizzo would go, and he just, uh, clowns are scary anyway, but an evil evil wizard clown that's not trying to be evil, he's just trying to be fun, uh, and he creeps you out. I just looked him up. I don't like this guy. No, you don't want to. I, I would know. If I want a full chest of Wizzo? Maybe no. or a back tattoo. back tattoo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I don't understand getting tattoos where you can't see them. Like I can understand getting them where other people can't see them. But I would like to check on it every once in a while. You can do. You can do like a chest piece, but have it so that his eyes are kind of up towards Peeking the out top. Of my shirt. And yeah, when you're wearing a button-down <laughs> shirt or whatever, the eyes are just kind of staring out. <laughs> oh boy. Jim says, I got a tattoo 40 years ago while on LSD. We should just stop the stop the text right there. That's enough to know something may be amiss. Uh, now I'm a family man in Wauwatosa. I don't regret the tattoo or the story, but my young adult children will never know the story. Yeah, that's probably best. Oh, Dad, when'd you get that tattoo? That's really none of your business. That's uh, that's my thing. It's a, it's a dad thing. You just have to figure it out. All right. Early start. Calendar year for school today? Let's talk a little first day of school after this. WTMJ Nights. Now more of WTMJ Nights. Very nice. Very nice. It's WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan. Want to get involved in the program? Sure you do. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. It was the first day of school for uh, some students in Milwaukee. This early calendar thing seems a little early. I know this is this is traditionally when the colleges start to go back, and they said that's why they did it, but it was it's basically all the schools in Milwaukee except elementary schools. It's high schools, it's middle schools, uh, all the kids are going back. On the other side of the news, let's get into some first day of school things, and especially when you were a kid, how important it was to have the right school supplies. How important was the correct box of crayons or the correct folders or 
How did you wrap your books? Remember, people would either have these uh, book covers that, that you could get at the store or they'd do it out of you know, newspaper or then then you would always uh, – there'd be the kids who made them out of brown grocery bags. And those were good because then you could decorate them however you wanted. You could really uh, you could really show off your individuality. Uh, one last thing. One last thing uh, on the tattoos. James says, I got a tattoo of a potato because it did not offend anybody, so I decided to keep it. I just tell people it's a mole. It's a giant mole, James. You might want to have that checked out because a potato-sized mole is nothing to scoff at. I was surprised. We were. Did you end up going to the fair at all, Isaac? I did not get out there, unfortunately. Oh, my goodness. You missed out. The potato made me think of it. There were people. The line for the baked potatoes in the Wisconsin Products uh, Products Pavilion was unbelievably long. I'm like, it's a potato. I know it's the fair, but potatoes are really, even if you don't know how to cook, it's easy to make a baked potato. Well, maybe you basically do, just turn on the oven and set it down. Maybe they do a really good baked potato. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I under, I yeah. All right. How good? <laughs> Get a baked potato. What can you do to a baked potato to make it that that crazy that you're willing to wait in line for a half hour? It's a secret you only find when you reach the end of the line. Well, that's why I, I'll never know. As uh, as the old Tootsie Pop commercial said, the world may never know. But what the world will know is all the latest news because at 6.30 we go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Wyatt Barmore Pooley ready to go. Back to WTMJ Nights. Brian Nooner, WTMJ Nights, here till 9. Lots coming up. After 7 o'clock, we'll talk to the executive director of Celtic MKE about Irish Fest that's coming up. And then we have a special guest coming up after 8 o'clock, a good friend of mine. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. So hang around. Tell people. That's all right. So we mentioned that today was the first day for uh, MPS. It's uh, for the schools that was on that were on the early start calendar, and again, I I mentioned this because it oh the early it's only the early start calendar schools, and then I was doing a little research, and the early start calendar schools are all high schools, sixth to eighth grade middle schools, K through twelve schools, and some elementary schools. So that's pretty much. I think there's four kids who didn't have to go to school today. You know, they're sitting home going, ah, suckers, you had to go to school. I don't have to go till uh, after uh, after Labor Day. MPS schools on the traditional calendar are mostly just the elementary schools, so the little kids. This seems this seems early. Now, I know all across the country there's different times to start school. Like down in the south, they started uh, earlier in August. And on the east coast, it's always after Labor Day. And usually around, you know, I, I always remember starting after Labor Day, except, you know, except when I got to college. College is the only place because I know um, I was looking and uh, my alma mater was moving in last weekend. My daughter's alma mater was moving in last weekend. So it was uh, now where when did you used to start uh, school, Isaac? When I was in, you know, elementary through high school, it was always after Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. I and only remember starting early in college. College, and then, and when you're when you're a freshman, it's hard because you start and you barely know anybody, and then it's Labor Day weekend, and 
some people go home right away and some don't. And you're like, I don't know anybody. What am I going to do? And you're away from home for the first time and suddenly nobody's around. It's like, oh. I don't know. I remember being a freshman in college and that Labor Day at college, that was a great couple days for me. Yeah. Oh, all right. Listen, I'm. I was just empathizing with the other people, you know. I had a good time, too. Yeah, cool I, people like us. <laughs> yeah, I was having a good time. I had a good time every weekend. It didn't matter. I had a good time on a Wednesday. That's, you know, what the heck. That's why you're there. I got out on time. Anyway, but I was thinking back today, and because the school where I teach is uh, starting in two weeks, so I started thinking about all the things that go in for a kid to start school. And back, you know... Obviously, we all thought, maybe not all of us, I used to think I would make that pledge to myself, and we've all, it's, it's an old trope, but I would think that this was going to be my year. This year, I'm going to study. I, I, I was not, and I, I don't say this to brag, and I don't say, kids, do what I say, not what I do. I was not a, uh, a very studious young man when it came to school. I did just enough to get by. And if I had a dollar for every time my parents were told at a conference that I was not working up to my potential, I'd be I'd be rich and I'd be working to my potential. I'd just be sitting back doing nothing. It would be fantastic. The ultimate irony would be to go up to one of my uh, one of my past teachers, God bless him, and say, "You know how you said I wasn't living up to my potential? You're right. Now I am though, because my potential was to be independently wealthy and not do anything. So now I am uh, I'm living that dream." Which, as we all know, I am not. But I remember when you'd get that school supply list, there was nothing more exciting than going shopping for those school supplies every year. And it didn't it didn't matter. Like as you got older, there were different kinds of supplies. You know, you got into high school and depending on what math you were taking, there was a certain calculator you had to get. And uh, in in elementary school, it was all about the lunchbox. Your pencil box and your crayons. Because if you had a cool lunchbox, you could get away with a lot. And I I still, I'm old enough to come from the metal lunchbox time, where a lunchbox was not only a good conveyance for your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but also a wonderful tool in case you were in some sort of scrap. Because uh, nothing will slice a kid's head open like a metal lunchbox. Especially like I had, you know the um, the ones that looks like a guy who actually has a job going to work lunchbox. They would make that that same style, but for kids. And I I vividly remember having one that looked like uh, a school bus with Snoopy on it, but the edges were really sharp. Which nowadays I can't imagine giving a child a lunchbox that could double as a box cutter. And have and sending them off to school. Every every lunchbox I see now, and it makes sense. They're soft and they're mushy and they're oh they're fun and you know maybe that maybe a kid's got a, a thermos in there, but not really. Then then I also see some kids coming to school and they've got these elaborate little uh, containers that's all, that are all sectioned off and things that stack and their parents are uh, they, <laughs> their parents are packing them these charcuterie boards and it's like what are you eating and the kids got I've got six olives and three raspberries and a gogurt and I'm like wow you are uh, you're living dangerously and then I look at another kid and he's got a you know he's got 
a giant Coke and he's got a bag of Cheetos and a pixie stick. And I'm like, that's the kid I don't want in my class after lunch. That kid is going crazy. Um, so what as you look back, and or if you're buying for your kids, this is what I really want to know because I don't know what the hot school supplies are this year. I can only guess, based on past experience, uh, glitter markers are very big, Isaac. I don't know if you ever had any glitter markers when you were in school. I was not a glitter marker kind of guy, unfortunately. Well, nor was I. Thankfully, they weren't a thing um, because I, I don't think I would have given in. But now I see a lot of the kids come to school and they have these giant, a set of 57 glitter markers. And you're like, you got to leave those in your locker. Uh, until we're doing some sort of glitter marker project where those are going to where those are going to come in handy cuz you can't have them in your seat sack. That's another thing that I've only learned in the time that I've been teaching is a seat sack. Cuz we we used to have desks that you could just jam stuff in. And you you all know by like October you don't know what was in that desk. And then the teachers would walk around one day and just go, "Oh my god, class your desks are filthy. We're cleaning out the desks." And <laughs> We we have to do that now with seat sacks. They're little bag. If you don't know what it is, um, well, it's just what it sounds like. It's a sack that hangs on the back of your seat, and they put their you know notebooks in there, and maybe their uh, their uh, fold different folders, whether it's a take home folder or their writing folder or whatever. And they're supposed to put their pencil box in there, and that's it. But and I I wish I were exaggerating when I tell you this. You can have a day where you clean out everybody's seat sacks, which is disgusting. Because while they don't eat in the classroom, it always looks like chewed food is at the bottom of these seat sacks. And there's 48 broken pencils. And just like the tips of the eraser that they popped off the end of the pencil and crumbled paper. And maybe there's you know something, a note that one of their friends gave them. And this is first grade, second grade. You get them all cleared out. You get everything organized. I, last year, I had a kid, as we were cleaning out the seat sacks, collecting all the pencils that came out, because like in our classroom, we would keep sharpened pencils on the counter. Because kids, kids go through pencils like you and I go through air. So we would always have all these pencils over on the counter, and they'd be sharpened, and the kids could come and swap out. They'd you know drop a dull one in. Well, they never brought the dull one over. They just kept going and getting sharp ones. So we're emptying out the seat sack. And this kid brought me, and again, I hand to God, 30 pencils. He had gotten them from the people at his table and himself, and then he kept bringing me more. And I was like, you've killed like four redwood trees, and you've been storing it in your seat sack. What are you doing? And then it became a joke. So the rest of the year, you go, "Uh, Mr. Dude, I got a pencil. uh, Cut it out. Um but what is what is or was the school supply that you just had to have to ensure that your school year went well? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. This is WTMJ Nights. This is WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Kids are all starting to get ready for school. If they were on early start, they started today. Wondering, parents, what is the go-to, the the cool thing to get school supply-wise? 
You know, are they? Uh, is it? Is it the glitter markers? Is that the thing? Is it now? Isaac said when he was uh, in school, it was the matching backpack lunchbox combo. See, we didn't have uh, we didn't have back we didn't wear backpacks back when I went. We were. I'm not so old where it was just a leather strap around the books. I'm not that old, but we had they call them book bags, and it was. I guess it was like those uh, those backpacks you get like at a that are just with the drawstring on top. So kind of like a backpack, but just one compartment. So you had the you had the. The matching, that was the thing? I had the matching lunchbox and backpack combo. The other thing at my elementary school, for some reason it was only the fourth graders, and it it wasn't like just my year. It was every year it was the fourth graders were really into this. You had to have yourself a good set of marbles to play with at recess. (laughs) Oh, those fourth graders out on on the playground. Yeah. Okay. Only the fourth graders. Wow, that is weird. My best friend conned me out of my favorite marble, never no. gave it back. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to play one. marbles if you offered me money. I know I know they're marble. I know what a marble is. I've seen them, I've held them, I've used them for math projects, but I've never played marbles. I know some fourth graders who might like to have a conversation with you. Sure, suddenly I'm in a remake of the hustler and I'm the dupe and some uh, 10-year-olds are taking me for all my money because they're like, hey, mister, we don't know how to play marbles either. We could teach you. And I go, okay, kids. And I'm thinking, ha-ha, fourth graders, I could whip them in marbles any day. And then uh, then we play a few, and of course they let me win because they're very they're, they're tricky, those fourth graders. And then I, I get cocky, and I say, hey, what, why don't we play for your, uh, you know, your Go-Gurts? Okay, they lose a Go-Gurt to me, and then that's when they pounce. And suddenly, uh, you know, I'm living in a box somewhere. They got my car, even though they're in fourth grade and can't drive it. They have the keys. They're, uh, you know, they've got my house. They're like, what happened? Oh, it was marbles. Guess you didn't know. You didn't know about the cat's eye. I'm like, what? I don't even know that now to say cat's eye. But uh, yeah, that's it's crazy. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, if you swing a metal lunchbox today, my handle will fall off before you actually hit somebody in the head. The quality has dropped tremendously. That does not surprise me that the the quality of the lunchboxes now is not what it once was because it used to be you could use a lunchbox for a couple years. That was the thing. Like I didn't get a new lunchbox every year unless I really dented it up or it was, you know, uh, who knows. Something something horrible must have happened. A lot of blood on it. Whatever. Uh, Jeff says, I showed up one year fully loaded with Centipede and Tempest notebooks. A trapper keeper with trapper folders. Look at Jeff flexing here. A large crayon box with the built-in sharpener and a Batman lunchbox. Dude, you must have been the king of your school. Nope, he says, I still got relentlessly teased for having red hair and a massive crush on Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers. <laughs> Yeah, how did he says long story of how I got outed for that one? That's something you had to tell your friend, and they burned it. Because unless you had, maybe in fourth grade, he's got an Aaron Gray tattoo. That would be something. Or the Batman lunchbox was not really Batman. It was a Battlestar or Buck Rogers lunchbox, and he had circled Aaron Gray's picture in a red marker. That's that's really the only way that. Caroline says, number two pencils, and I loved a great fine gel pen. Oh, I liked having a tape recorder to listen to lectures again, but most teachers weren't open to that. Uh, ben, ben jumping in with Trapper Keeper. That was after my time, but my wife still talks lovingly about her Trapper Keepers. I'd, it was basically a binder, right, with all just folders in it. It was before my time. I have no idea. Oh, you got to listen, Isaac. 
Trapper Keepers were part of the lexicon for a long time. People loved the Trapper Keeper because they had um, different patterns and different colors. And uh, for a long time, there was this, uh, who was it? Lisa... Lisa Sparks, maybe, was this artist that all the all the girls had to have. Lisa Lisa's, Frank. Lisa Frank, that's Lisa it. Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank, they had to have all the Lisa Frank. But yeah, Trapper Keepers, um, it, it was just a binder, and it folded over these folders. But if you had, I never had one. But if you had one, forget about it. People looked at you like you came from money. For some reason... Everything I know about the Trapper Keeper in my pop culture database up in my brain has it prefaced by the words Scooby-Doo. So was the the Scooby-Doo Trapper Keeper like specifically a big thing? Uh, Probably. Scooby-Doo was huge. It was a lunchbox favorite. He was the the 29-cent folder favorite too, you know, just the paper two-pocket folder. Any of those looked good. I always had to have the plain ones. I don't know why. Because I, I went to Catholic school, so they didn't want us getting all excited about cartoon characters, which were probably, you know, sketched by the devil. So we had to have just plain old paper folders, boring, and plain old notebooks, boring. Um, and then, of course, you go to high school and you can't be, you know, can't be the guy walking around with a uh, Scooby-Doo trapper keeper. It's not going to get you any. That's not going to get you anywhere in high school. Only place it's going to get you is whooped. All right. <laughs> Wow. On that happy note, we got to do a little business. It's WTMJ Nights. Don't go anywhere. More WTMJ Nights coming up. I was just looking up uh, Scooby-Doo Trapper Keepers for Isaac. They are still available. Most of them uh, are used. They don't say how used, but, uh, and then some of them, some of them are up like 30, 40 bucks for a Scooby-Doo Trapper. That seems excessive for a Scooby-Doo Trapper Keeper. Because it's just what it's not all over. It's just one little picture of Scooby Doo. Uh, if you're like me, sometimes when you're out, you uh, need to avail yourself of a restroom. And a lot of, let's be honest, especially if you're on a road trip, you're settling for gas stations and things like that, and they're not good. But if you are ever, uh, if you are ever in, if you are ever in uh, China shopping, you need to. Yes, Isaac, uh, you need to go to Nanjing to the mall because they you. you Look up this video. It's a shopping mall bathroom. It has been dubbed the world's most beautiful public bathroom. And I watched the video. It's nicer than 90% of people's homes. This is where, as Bernie Sanders would say, the 1% of the 1% go to take care of their business. But it's open to everybody who goes to the mall um, if, you, if you're in China. So it starts out... It was designed by a Shanghai-based architecture firm. It's on the sixth floor of this shopping mall. So you start off in a long corridor with plants coming out of the walls. You're walking in, and it's as you're walking down this hall, it's unisex. Everybody's going in, because then you get to a giant lounge. But they want you to feel as you're walking down this hallway an immersive walk through a garden experience. Because I know... Uh, you know, after I've had a few cups of coffee, that's what I'm really longing for, an immersive walk-through-the-woods experience. Um, then you get to this lounge. It's got sofas inspired by petals of a flower. Uh, visitors who don't need to use the restroom who are just loitering like creeps uh, can wait for their friends to come out. The men's and women's facilities feature custom decor complete with fountain-inspired wash basins positioned at different heights to make them reachable by both children and adults. The designer said, 
A washroom in a shopping mall is a public space open to everyone. It accommodates people in their busy urban life and provides them a space to take a break or reorganize themselves. I don't particularly want to design it as a function-only space. Uh, We suggest putting more emphasis on the design of the washroom to reflect the humanistic care. Do yourself a favor, look up this bathroom in China, and then realize that you can never go to the bathroom here in America again. There's, now, I can't be the only one, too, who does judge a public restaurant. Sometimes you go into, like, high-end department stores. Beautiful, beautiful restrooms. Oh, my gosh. Where I'm jealous that my house doesn't have a bathroom like that. But mostly, you close your eyes and pray. That's all you got to do. Uh, we, will, we will be talking to the executive director of Celtic MKE all about Milwaukee's Irish Fest. We'll do that on the other side of the news, which comes your way right after this on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome back. Hour number two of the big broadcast. Glad you're with us. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Uh, you can still answer our text question of the night. Uh, today is National Tattoo Removal Day. Do you have a tattoo that you regret? Do you have it removed? Let us know. Maybe you got drunk on one St. Patrick's Day and got the uh, the Lucky Charms Leprechaun tattooed on yourself, and now you think, oh, well, thank goodness St. Patrick's Day's Not for a long time, so I don't have to show it off. Well, that's where you are wrong, my friend, because this weekend in Milwaukee, it is Irish Fest. Irish Fest put on by Celtic MKE. The executive director of Celtic MKE is with me. Mike Mitchell joins me now to talk about Irish Fest. Mike, thanks for coming on. This is a great time of year. Oh, Brian, thank you for having us. It is a great time of year. We love uh, getting ready for what will be our 42nd Milwaukee Irish Fest, and this is the world's largest Irish music festival. So we're very excited and very happy to be able to host this right here in the city of Milwaukee. Now, 42 years the festival has been going on. What's What has been the biggest change going for from like the early years to what has now become, as you said, the world's biggest Irish music festival? Growth. Really, just growth. We've always made it a point of bringing in emerging artists, trying to uh, seek out and find new artists uh, from Ireland, from Scotland, from Canada, and here in the U.S. who we think that our fans are going to enjoy. And so we've always made it a point of trying to keep it fresh. And and this year is no different. This year we're going to have Polly uh, Barrett, who I got to see when I was in Ireland in January at an event called TradFest. Uh, Wallace Bird and the Friel sisters are going to be here. The Finns, those are some new ones. But then there's also going to be uh, those that the fans just love, Gaelic Storm, Scythian, uh, Eileen Ivers. And so there's a lot to offer for everybody. For people who aren't really familiar with Celtic or Irish music, it's while there is the the pipes and the, the jigs and reels and those kind of things, some of the bands you mentioned are far removed from that style of music. Absolutely. So we, you know, we have 16 stages of music, over 100 musical acts over the four days. And so this is an opportunity. If you like trad, traditional music, come see traditional music. If you like harps and bagpipes, come see that. But if you want to see Irish rock 
Gaelic Storm is a great example. Yeah. Uh, the Coronas, uh, who we've had before, are going to be back. And that's another great example, as well as Hermitage Green. When when you get these artists to come over from Ireland, I, I would imagine most of them have been here before, but for those who haven't, what's their impression when they get to Milwaukee and they get to the uh, Festival Park and they see these thousands of people there? Are they shocked, or do they expect this kind of response in Milwaukee? Uh, Brian, only because of what they've heard from other people. Uh, when I've gotten into cabs in Ireland or I've walked into a pub in Ireland, and they ask where you're from, and I say Milwaukee. They say, oh, Irish Fest. So the people over there are very familiar with us. But, you know, we're very fortunate. We have a venue unsurpassed by anywhere else in the U.S. The Summerfest Grounds is the best place to be able to have an event like this. And that's part of why this started 42 years ago, or 43 years ago, is because we were able to capitalize on the grounds, on that mm-hmm. venue. And, and it has only continued to expand, and you know, I, I, I compliment Milwaukee World Festival and uh, Summerfest for maintaining it as well as they have. But then when they come and they see the crowds, they see the venue, they see the hospitality that we provide them with, um, they want to keep coming back year after year. It's it's almost like fighting them off so that we can <laughs> let other emerging artists have a chance. Well, that's Mike. It's funny that you mentioned that because somebody texted in and they're very disappointed that the screaming orphans aren't going to be there. But like you said, it's got to be hard because yes, you want to bring back fan favorites, but there's so much music emerging from in that in that realm that you want to be able to expose folks here to some new music as well. That's right, Brian. And, and, you know, last year we didn't have Gaelic Storm, and we heard the same type of thing. So <laughs> we're bringing back Gaelic Storm. We'll bring back Screaming Orphans. We'd love to have them here. It's just, as you said, giving a chance to some of this new and emerging artists. You know, people didn't know who the Screaming Orphans were until they came. Now yep. we want to make sure they get to learn some of these other new musicians and, and enjoy them as well. And I, I, the quality has to be unparalleled because, like you said, it, word of mouth you don't have to go. You don't have to go scrounging anymore. I would imagine when you go over, like you said, you mentioned you're from Milwaukee. The uh, the musicians know Irish Fest, so it's an easy sell to get them to come over. Absolutely. I mean, they they have heard what the hospitality and what the venue is like, and how many you know over a hundred thousand attendees, and so they they are anxious to be able to come and participate in it. And then we work with other Irish uh, festivals across North America so that they don't just come for one trip, but right. maybe they'll come from here to Dublin, Ohio, or to Iowa, or to lacrosse. I mean, so the musicians, we try to make it work out so that they can get the best results and the best uh, financial gain for themselves while presenting to our patrons and our fans some fabulous music. Mike Mitchell is my guest. He's the executive director of Celtic MKE. Irish Fest is this weekend, Thursday through Sunday, at uh, the Summerfest grounds. Uh, all right, the music obviously is the is the centerpiece of Irish Fest, but there is so much more to do. Uh, let's start with obviously people are going to want to go there. They're going to want to have something to eat. They're going to want to have a couple of uh, uh, maybe adult beverages, maybe non-adult beverages. That's all covered. You guys, uh, you guys are all set with the food and drink this year, Mike. So when it comes to the adult beverages that you refer to, we've got some new drinks that are coming out. Uh, a Jamo Orange Irish Mule. If people want to wow. try that, it's Jameson and uh, Jameson Orange with uh, and a ginger beer. 
You got Jamo Orange Old Fashioned. There's nothing more Wisconsin than an old no. fashioned. And if you can make it a Jameson old fashioned, I mean, how do you go wrong, right? You can't. You cannot. Um, Gill East has a Five Farms Irish Cream Custard that they're presenting for the first time this year. Wow. So if you've enjoyed our Five Farm products that we brought to market six years ago, now they've partnered with Gillies to be able to do something with that. Um, through Lakefront Brewery and Jameson, we've got uh, three what we call uh, firkins. And I don't know if you've ever taken advantage of it, but it's, it's a, a, a small keg of beer that's made uh, using, for example, on Friday it's going to be a snake chaser, ch- ch- uh, chocolate orange with Jameson orange whiskey. Wow. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we have three different firkins that people can take advantage of. But, you know, it's, it's not just that. We have food from sure. Lord's House of Prime, from Ginger's, from uh, a lot of the local Wisconsin and Milwaukee food purveyors, the Savits, that come in. Uh, some of them have traditional Irish music or Irish food, like um, Ginger's, for example, and Ward's, Irish, uh, uh, Ward's House of Prime. But then if somebody wants to just go and get something from Savits, we have that. There's a lot of different food products. There are 35 different food vendors that are available. So everybody likes to to hear the music. They like to have a little something to eat and drink. But the culture of Ireland and the Irish people is also on huge display at the cultural center. If people are if people want to come in and learn about more about their heritage, what can they find at the cultural pavilion? So the cultural area is a festival inside the festival. When you think about it, we have a, a theater tent where there are. Um, one-act shows that are taking place that you can sit and watch and enjoy. There is the genealogy tent where you can learn about your genealogy and, and get started and in, in being able to do research in uh, ge- uh, genealogy. There is uh, a Geltok, which is uh, Irish language workshops, oh, wow. where if you want to learn a little Irish language, you can do that. There's the head school where you can have um, like lecture series. There's various uh, conversations and presentations made by people from Ireland uh, who are going to educate people on not only the culture, but everything that Ireland has to offer. And so there is no absence of things to do, whether it be music, food, beverages, or the cultural area. And I don't want to leave out the fact that we are a very family-friendly I was uh, just going to get into and, that. You've got a lot of things yeah. set up for the kids. Uh, I like I like the red hair and freckles contest because those kids, uh, some people give them the side eye, the red hair, the gingers with the freckles. Not me, but uh, I like that you're celebrating them. Having been a redhead once in my life, I can tell you that uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I can tell you that the kids absolutely love it. So you got those two, but now we have an adult redhead and freckle contest. Nice. So it's not limited just to the kids. The adults can try it this year for the first time, too. Very Um, nice. So we'll have a a photography uh, contest that's going on. Our children's area, there's a children's stage, and Scythian, who plays on the main stages at night, are playing at the children's stage during the day, and they put on a great kid show. That sounds good, because they're a great band. So if they're doing something for the kids, that's terrific. Uh, I always like seeing the Irish wolfhounds, and you guys also have Irish setters and some other Irish dogs there as well. That's right. And, and so the uh, various uh, Irish-bred dogs uh, are on display on Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday, and I would encourage people to make sure along the lake walk 
to stop and, and, and see the various Irish dogs and consider if you, you know, if you're thinking about maybe becoming a, a family with an additional dog, uh, you can learn and talk to the breeders and, and hear about these dogs and what they're capable of and what their temperament is and all of that. It's, it's great to just learn about it. You got to have some room if you want one of those wolfhounds, though. Those are not tiny dogs. Those dogs, those dogs are no, good. They aren't. All right, we we'll get to we'll get to the dates and, and times in a second. One more thing that a lot of people take advantage of that they like that sets Irish Fest apart from a lot of other festivals is you do have mass on Sunday before everything kicks off. We do uh, liturgy of peace uh, service is at nine thirty on Sunday. It is the largest outdoor annual mass in the u.s uh i have to add that word annual because if the pope comes then it's that <laughs> one's bigger sure but if you do it each each year we have the largest one and uh, over eight thousand people will be there in the amphitheater uh the doors open at 8 30 so they can start to come in for that 9 30 service and if they bring uh, a canned food product or something like that they can get in for free and Perfect. if they don't want to go to the liturgy service Come, you know, come before eleven o'clock with that canned food product and have breakfast. Yeah, and you can still get in for free. That sounds that sounds good. All right, so Thursday Thursday is just a preview night. Is that correct? Only part of the uh, grounds are open. Is that how does that work on Thursday? That that's right. So about forty percent of the grounds are open on Thursday, and this year, like last, it's being hosted by Associated Bank. Okay. And so this is an opportunity. If you're a customer of Associated Bank, you can come in free. Nice. All you have to do is show your credit card or something that demonstrates that you're from Associated Bank and bring friends with you, and they can all get in for free. And that's a relationship that we have with them that has been great, and the hours are from 5 until 10 on Thursday. And then, and then we go full boat. Friday starts and at 4 till midnight. Fast. Yep, 4 to midnight. And then yep. long day Saturday, noon to midnight, and 11 o'clock to 9 on Sunday. You know where the Summerfest grounds are. You can go to irishfest.com to get all the information. There's parking information on there. You can get uh, you can get your tickets. You can get everything. Download the schedule to see when your favorite bands are going to be there. But don't limit yourself to just your favorite bands. Go and try out all the music, all the food, everything, and uh, celebrate. Even listen, even if you're not Irish, uh, Mike, you, you we accept everybody over there, even if they're not Irish, correct? You know, that's the funny thing about the Irish community is we have a lot of our a lot of our board members are are Polish or German. They're not even Irish, but they just love this community and yeah. what we have to offer. And we're very inviting to everybody. Anybody can come and just have a great time, and that's what it's all about. When you need to get to the uh, Summerfest grounds, it's Milwaukee Irish Fest, the largest. Irish Music Festival in the, well, let's say it's the world, right, Mike? The world's largest? It is the world. It is that, the world's that is largest. Correct. That is correct. Mike Mitchell is the executive director of Celtic MKE. Go to irishfest.com to get all the information. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Have a great fest this year. Brian, thank you for the opportunity to make people aware of this. It, the weather is going to be fantastic. You, you, you just announced the weather. Thursday afternoon and evening, clear. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all clear. There's no excuse for people not to come down and have a great time. No, get out, enjoy yourself. Mike, thanks a lot. Have a great time. That's uh, thanks, Mike Brian. Mitchell. You have a great day. Thank you. Mike Mitchell, once again, from he's the executive director of Celtic MKE. This is WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. I thought we'd come back with some rowdy uh, Irish music there. We're slowing it down a little bit. 
Isaac wants to set a mood here at the uh, here at the studio. We just chill into the nighttime. Hi, Brian Noon with you. Taking you all the way up to Sleepy Town on WTMJ. Velvety tones lulling you to sleep. Forget that. Let's, <laughs> we got to get the energy back up, Isaac. <laughs> Isaac tried. Isaac's like setting a mood. He came in. He dimmed the lights. He lit some candles. All of a sudden, there's a bubble bath. I don't know where the tub came from. I'm like, what's going on in here? Things are getting, things are getting very odd. But listen, to each his own. I'm you know, it's hard to resist me. I got it. I get it. You know, I'm not uh, I'm not blind to my uh, to my wiles. Not gonna lie about that. Uh, you should see me. You should see me when I'm in my kilt at these Irish things. I actually, I uh, well, now I have two kilts. I have a more traditional green plaid, and then I have a purple plaid one that I wear not only to Irish events but to Mardi Gras as well. Something about, and I never thought I would wear a kilt until one time we were at an Irish festival, and these bikers rode up on kilts. These big giant dudes, and they were on Harleys, and they had on kilts. And here we go. There we go. Now, now we're doing it. Now, uh, Isaac, if you'll just run out into the uh, food court there and get us a couple Guinnesses and a uh, Reuben sandwich. And I don't know what we'll do the rest of the show, but, uh, you know, people will have fun. Everybody else is having dinner. We'll have some dinner with them. When my wife saw these two bikers in kilts, she let out. This was this is the only time she's ever done this. And we've been, we've been married 31 years. She let out this audible gasp like, ugh. And I was like, hold on. Um, that would, if, if that had been me, that wouldn't pass muster, but, um, you, you like kilts? Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. I took her out back and hosed her down and then we went on to the rest of the festival and then I made sure that I got myself a kilt. Now, full disclosure, uh, I have never heard the, when I had my kilt on, I, I don't know if it was a combination of the kilt, the Harley, the motorcycle boots. I don't know what it was, but I have not been able to elicit the same response. Now, I have all right legs. I'm not, you know, um, but never that. I know Isaac is pulling that now, so he will have that that little audio to play when I'm not here. Uh, All right. Speaking of that, uh, we'll be very excited when Wyatt's here to do the news, and we'll get to that right after this on WTMJ. Now, more of WTMJ Nights. You are being very eclectic tonight in your musical selections, Isaac, and I enjoy it. On the other side of the news, we're going to talk about a behavior that maybe you have experienced in the office that people are very upset about. And then, ladies, uh, you're letting Barbie influence you again, and I'm not quite sure that uh, it's on point. But we'll get into all of that, and then after 8 o'clock, Craig Collins will join us, and we'll have uh, we'll have some fun in the final hour as well. But right now, and he's here, so this is, this is going to be a first. I want everybody to mark their calendar. We're going to go to news about 15 seconds early to make up for all the times I went to news, you know, two or three minutes late. But it's 7.30 on WTFJ. We go to the WTFJ Breaking News Center. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley is shocked and amazed. Back to WTMJ Nights.
Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights, here until 9 tonight. Yes, it's a big week. Uh, the Brewers, of course, on the West Coast taking on the Dodgers. So we will be here uh, every night with you until Friday. And uh, also, very excited, you can hear me with Sandy Max tomorrow morning on WTMJ Now. Had a great time this morning. We had a lot of fun, some great conversation. We'll do it again tomorrow. But don't fear, Night Owls, I will be back, uh, as always, because... Quite frankly, uh, the daytime is for the birds. I, you know, people get up, they do things during the day. I, no thanks. All right, we all go to work, right? We, I don't care if you work in an office setting, if you are a remote worker, if you work a restaurant, Walmart, you drive a truck. Everybody goes to work, and because of that, we all have coworkers. Some of our coworkers are very nice, and we enjoy we enjoy seeing them every day, and we like to hear from them. But some are annoying. What is an office or coworker behavior that every time it happens, you think to yourself, I got to win the lottery because I can't keep showing up to this joint. This is uh, driving me crazy. The reason I ask this now, this is something I have not heard of. And perhaps if you're in an office setting or you're a remote, uh, you work remotely, you might know this. And so you can back me up on if, if this is a, a thing. It must be a real thing or else I wouldn't have read it online because nothing online is fake. There is something called hay hanging. And according to this, it is the rudest workplace behavior. Isaac, have you ever heard of hay hanging? I have not. No, and it's not what you and I would think where it's somebody out on a farm taking a bale and putting it on a hook. It has nothing to do with that, even though that's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Hay hanging is used by people uh, who use like Slack or those kind of messaging apps at work, and it's when you just send hey, just the word hey, and then you don't get to the point. And they said this causes a lot of trepidation with people because there's no follow-up. There's just a big pause, and it's uh, it's been described as being unnerving. I think people are a little sensitive, it's myself. But, you know, if you're busy and somebody sends you just, hey, it's like, yeah, what do you want? I got, I got stuff to do. Can we get to the point, please? It's like they're asking you to just make small talk and hang out with them. And you don't have time to hang out with them because you know your boss is going to come over and wonder why you're just uh, you know slacking with somebody else instead of doing your work. So according to this, even if you mean well, you're, um, you're leaving someone hanging, and it's generally... Uh, generally seen as wrong. According to one expert, they say all communication at work via email or Slack should have a clear agenda and purpose, either providing information or enough context for the receiver to reply. And if you just say, hey, they don't, and if it's your boss and they just send, hey, then you're going to panic. Like, well, what do you, what, what do you need? What, did I do something? Am I fired? Did I, you know, did I not get your shirts pressed like you asked? I don't know whose boss is making them get their, uh, get their shirts pressed. I just I always think of myself as Scrooge McDuck. So that's how I would have treated my underlings. That reminds me, I got your shirts that you wanted. As as you should. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there'll be a little something extra in your pay envelope. And by pay envelope, I mean my good wishes. That's that's what I <laughs> I give you. There's no you will receive no money. But on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So Isaac, you have that going for you, which is nice. 
for the five people who understand where that came from, Isaac is laughing. He knows the rest. Hmm. We'll leave it at that. So uh, the other problem is, like with Slack, I know uh, one job I had Slack, and you send a message and people get back to it like when they can in a little bit. It's not instantaneous. So if you just say, hey, you're really throwing them off. You've got to, what you have to do is make sure you're, Kids, you give them a little context. But I hadn't, I hadn't heard of this. I didn't know this was a thing. But you know, f- I don't work in a traditional office setting. You know, uh, Isaac and I, or Matt and I, we work in a different kind of context. You know, we don't have a lot of office jargon. We don't have a lot of corporate speak. We just, uh, we just come in, run our mouths, and then we go home. That's pretty much, that's pretty much the gig. And I'm, you know. I'm happy that that's the case. But I listen to my wife, who has to go into an office and deal with people, and uh, someday she comes home and she doesn't like humanity. And I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always aghast because she is the, she's the, uh, you know, happy one of the, of the group. Uh, so if she's miserable and hates humanity and then I'm me, boy, that's a, that's a grim outlook for the evening. That's hard to sit and watch, uh, you know, a comedy on TV when you're both like the world. So you must go through this at your job. What is the one coworker behavior that drives you crazy? Uh, from the seven one two, dishonest lies makes up reports. Shirks responsibility when the boss is not present. Oh, this is this is not general. This one, this text was targeted at one specific individual. Out them, out them right now. Tell us the name and the company. No, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you can. I can't. I can't repeat it. But trust me, I'll laugh. Uh, I think I think HR would frown on that. If I outed somebody uh, allegedly for not doing their job, Taylor says I always respond with "teacher, teacher, leave them kids alone." <laughs> After someone leaves, it's someone hey hags me. <laughs> Bravo, Taylor! You win text of the night, and it's only seven forty. But you get text of the night. If we had, if we had a prize, I'd send it to you. But alas, my budget is woefully underfunded. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is um, again something that I am I am always glad that I don't work in a traditional office because just friends of mine who do, and like I said, my wife and I hear the things and I hear people talking about silos and uh, all the all the jargon and all the politics that go on at an office, and I. I I honestly would not survive. I probably would be fired every third week. And after about a month, nobody's going to hire me because I've already gone through three jobs. That's that. Isaac, you're a young man. Let me give you a tip, if I may. Can I give you a little tip? Take it for what it's worth. Nothing. Uh, if your resume has like three or four jobs in the span of a month and a half, you're not going to get the next one. That's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a certified career coach. So again, take it for what it's worth. But uh, that's that's my po- that's my uh, thought for the night on that. Because I've said my daughter is my daughter has changed jobs. Well, to me, it's it's quite a bit since she got out of college. But it's not because every time every time uh, a job ends, she gets a better job. 
So I'm like, wait a minute, that goes against all the old-fashioned thinking that I have. When you're supposed to get a job, stay there for 35 years, and then either drop dead or retire, and then they, you know, then you go on. But now, and I think this is better, now young people are realizing that the jo- a job is a job, and you work, you work as hard as you can, you do your best for, for what your, your company has contracted you to do, but it's not your whole life. And if you get a better offer and or you just wanna you wanna move or whatever, then it's okay to do that. You don't have to be at one place because the days of like my parents both worked for uh, the Board of Education in Chicago. So they they retired with nice pensions. Those days are are gone for young workers. They're not getting pensions. You know, if you're if you're really fortunate, you work for somebody who is going to contribute to your four hundred one k match a little bit, and uh, you know that's that's some free money right there. So that's nice. But since you can roll those over into new employers, okay, because it's a hard this a hard thing to learn, and it's a hard thing to say because it it disappoints me every time I realize it, and I've been around for a while. Um, there's really, when it comes right down to it, you have to watch out for yourself because there's not a lot of loyalty in the business world. You know, you want to think that there is, you want to think if you've been with somebody for a long time and you've done your job, you're, you're safe. But as we see all the time with companies that lay people off, who've been there forever, you got to watch out for yourself. So that's why I think it's, it's great for young people now that they've realized that. And they're like, hey, you know, it's we got to do what's best for us, and then, you know, but you still got to you got to do the work when you're there. But if something better comes along, you know, you go. Caroline says, I hate it when I say hi, how are you, and they respond with hi. Uh, when I've trained someone a few times in multiple different ways to help them make it easier, they still don't do the job correctly, and I have to go back and fix it anyway. That's not good. And they're above me in leadership tier, and I don't have the clearance to do their job. Yeah, I love when people fail upward. That Nothing makes me happier. And I say that with as much sarcasm as you can imagine. Imagine every bit of sarcasm you've ever used, then multiply it by 10. That's how much I love it when people fail upward. Uh you know what I like to do more than that? I like to do some business. So we're going to do a little bit of business. And then, ladies, what's going on with this Barbie movie letting you uh, do some things that you really don't need to do? We'll get to it after this. WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. This is WTMJ Nights. Oh. You are so plastic and fantastic, Barbie. It's Brian Noon, and I am neither plastic nor fantastic, but I am on WTMJ Nights, and you are welcome to join me. Plastic, fantastic, or not, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. When this Barbie movie came out, I learned something that I did not know before. And guys, maybe you didn't know this either, that a lot of ladies had had problems with Barbie. I thought Barbie was universally beloved, but it turned out that Barbie had been a problem for a lot of young girls because of her body shape. Uh, I guess there was a body image problem with Barbie that I didn't know about because I didn't play with Barbies. My daughter played with Barbies minimally, so I don't know if if she had that issue, you know, the, the unattainable Barbie body 
which, you know, I guess I I don't know. I I was going to say, did I find Barbie attractive? But that would have been creepy. Where where yeah. Even just, uh, Isaac's like, no, uh, please, that's mm, let's not dwell down. If you find dolls attractive, that's not. Uh, we're going to get calls. We're gonna, you're going to get doxxed. Uh, there's definitely a cancellation in your future. You know what? That Raggedy Ann, she was a cutie pie. I always had a thing for redheads. No, um, but you know, Raggedy Ann didn't give girls body issues. Um, Barbie, I guess, did. So the Barbie movie, and I'm, I'm guessing you haven't seen it, Isaac. Would that be a correct assumption? I have yet to. I've been meaning to because I've heard it's actually a very good movie. I have heard the same thing, unless I'm uh, unless I'm listening to uh, any crazed right-wing pundit who has decided that a movie about a plastic doll is uh, somehow anti-man. And so that's. Uh, but I've heard I've heard the movie is really good. I I know I will watch it when it starts to stream when it comes on uh, one of HBO or Showtime or so. I will definitely watch it. I have nothing against it. Plus, uh, you know, Margot Robbie, hello. I'm not going to turn down a movie. And Ryan Gosling, dreamy. I'm not going to lie about it. But um, so now the movie comes out and ladies are praising it because of its feminist message. That's great. But it has also sparked a plastic surgery type of movement that has become very big on TikTok, which all all valuable things become big on TikTok. We don't even we don't pay attention if something's not on TikTok. But ladies are getting Barbie Botox. It is not in their face or in uh, you know any lower extremity. It is in their trapezius muscles, which are the muscles that come from your neck to your shoulder. I, I Isaac the confusion on your face is the confusion I had when I saw this story. I like what does it what? Why is that the place, ladies, that you are getting the Barbie Botox? And that's so that it relaxes the trapezius muscles to give you a longer neckline. And then it accentuates your jaw and your neck because now your trapezius muscles have relaxed and they've flattened out your shoulders so you have flat shoulders like you have a broomstick like Carol Burnett in that Gone with the Wind sketch she's got a uh, curtain rod in her across her shoulders but she has a long swan-like neck much like a young Gwyneth Paltrow uh, had the swan-like neck uh ladies this, I thought the movie was about empowerment why are we then taking a cosmetic procedure that was available before the Barbie movie, but has seen an uptick now since the Barbie movie? Doesn't that seem contrary to the message of the movie, that you're going to use that movie as, as either a tag for a TikTok video of a procedure you've gotten or just a, an excuse to have this procedure done. Now, I guess I'm vain in some ways, but I'm not so vain that I would ever think of getting like hair plugs or any sort of. Uh, I did get pec implants, but I have the, had them removed. Uh, no, that's not true. But I, like, I see people. I see people who get cosmetic surgery, and I sometimes feel I feel bad for some of them because. They don't. They didn't re- get the achieved look. If if youth is the is the goal, we've all seen people who've undergone a lot of procedures and they don't look youthful. They look. 
I'm going to say I'm gonna, freakish. They, some people look freakish. They don't look human. And now I know, like, I know a lot of uh, people get Botox a little here and there to get rid of some lines. Uh, I understand that in some fields, you, getting old is verboten. You know, we got to stay young looking. We have to, we have to maintain this sort of uh, image and allure to make sure that, you know, we can keep our jobs. But I just, if you, if Barbie caused such problems in the past, why are why are you giving into this, ladies? I I can I know for men it's different. I know that men are allowed to age gracefully, but I think in this day and age, women are allowed to age gracefully too. I mean, things have changed. It's not it's not the primitive days when uh, you know ladies had to stay super young looking. Maybe that's just me because you know. I realize that people age, and that's what happens, and uh, nothing you can do. But yes, ladies, I don't know. Are you uh, are you getting your trapezius muscles shot up with bovine toxins so that they flatten out? Don't say it like that. That makes it sound gross. All right, I'll say it like uh, well, no, I'll say it like that because that's <laughs> that's what's exactly what's happening. But. You know, so that's the trend. Six uh, over six million people on TikTok have posted videos with that uh, that tag Barbie Botox. You know, it's like when the uh, the vampire facelift was big a few years ago. I don't remember exactly what it was, but everybody's getting it. Not everybody. A lot of people are getting the vampire facelift. I didn't. You know, what are you going to do? What if I came in here and I all of a sudden I looked like you know I had my skin all pulled back. I looked like I had just eaten a lemon. I could never smile or raise my eyebrows. Everything looked this. I had my tear ducts removed, my giant brow, you know, so I looked like a caveman who's been in a wind tunnel for 18 years. That's not a good look. That's, you know, oh, but I went to the, I went to the best plastic surgeon in Eau Claire, and he fixed me up. It was fantastic. Cost me a little extra, you know, because I was going to go to Toma, but then I decided, no. I'm going to go to the big city. I'm going to get me a big city uh, doctor. Go do the hatchet job on my face. It's all going to be great. All right, ladies, you look fine. Don't don't uh, subject yourself to the Barbie Botox. We got to do this. Then it's almost news time. WTMJ. More WTMJ nights coming up. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Thanks for being here. It is WTMJ Nights, big third hour of the program, and uh, things are heating up in Georgia, and which makes it even better that I am bringing my next guest on. This guy and I go way back. He is a radio host of Renowned. He is a good friend of mine. I appear on his shows. He appears on my shows. The great thing is that a lot of things we disagree on, but <laughs> guess what? We can also talk about it and have fun with it and then still be friends after. Craig Collins is here. Uh, how are you? Thanks for hey. being here, first of all. I know you just finished your show, and now it's like, yeah. hey, you want to come on my show? Uh, wow. Talk about a pretty interesting moment to be on your show, by the way, as this more is, breaking news is coming out. It's incredible. The grand jury has handed up the sealed indictment in Georgia. Yeah. We are waiting now for it to be uh, for it to be handed over to the judge and read. 
the uh, Wyatt Barmore Pooley is standing by. As soon as we have information, we're going to jump in. Nothing like breaking news for somebody who <laughs> uh, who does this. And you, for people who don't know, Craig, you do a more uh, uh, political based show. You I talk do, about yes. a lot of current events. So this has had to be topic number one for well, you. The the most interesting thing is that earlier today they thought they saw this. Uh, I think Reuters and some other places has reported on something that was out yes. and then got taken down, and then somebody um, saw now, the charges allegedly. Right. Now, now they have the sealed indictment. It gets handed to the judge, and you read through it, and you ask the jury, "Did you guys figure everything out?" Okay, and they're like, "Yeah, we're all good." And now that's where we're at. And yes. then we find out. I think I saw someone say it might be ten charges. It might be more. Yeah. I will say this about the the Trump indictments. It's a lot of charges all the time. And if yes. you feel as though it's a witch hunt at all, even a little bit, maybe not a lot, it's fine. However you feel, the amount of charges are always a thing that I think reinforces the witch hunt idea a bit more. Because it, it seems like, uh, compared to Hunter Biden and the three charges he faced, it seems like there could be way too many at well, times in some of these things. You know, if the the thing I always say is the grand jury votes on it. The... the District attorneys or Justice Department, whoever, can bring however many charges they want. But if the sure. jury, if the jury doesn't think they're worthy of, you know, moving right. on to a trial, they're not going to do it. I get the, I get your point because I was talking the other day about uh, televising this trial. You know, if a lot of people have been saying, "Hey, we got to get federal," because you know, this uh, cameras aren't allowed in federal courtrooms, no, audio not, yeah. isn't allowed in federal courtrooms. But there's a push because the Supreme Court and the Congress, either one could say, no, we're going to change that because I think it's very important for all of us to see whatever trial this goes to. I'm not saying it's going to change anybody's mind. I'm not saying it's going to dispel any distrust. But I think it's important, because be honest, if if you or I report what we read happened in court, Half yeah. the people are not going to believe us. No, it's not they're, the same thing. No. Or it sounds good. <laughs> well, Craig, Craig and Brian, they don't know what they're talking about. They're yeah. obviously part of a deep cabal somewhere. <laughs> I don't want to be These guys in a are cabal. reading some other website they shouldn't be reading. <laughs> Mainstream um, media jerks. Look, we, we're, we're friends. Uh, you said in my intro very kindly that we go back a long time, and we, we do. definitely do. And we don't agree on, on some things. <laughs> and it's, it's okay that we don't because we're still friends. But I, I want to ask you a serious question. Yes. Get your take, Brian Noonan, on it. There is no way to claim that what's going on right now with Trump isn't election interference. Not saying that's all it is. I understand if you're going to say it's other stuff, too. It's it's if you believe the charges are legitimate, then it's, you know, justice being served or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But it will interfere with our election, regardless of how legitimate you or I think the court cases are. And so to your point a second ago about televising it, of course we should. Of course, people should get as much of an insight as humanly possible. Right. But I think there are those who would be worried about the way in which that would be executed, the things that would be shared, the things that would, you know, maybe not be shared. I don't know. It just. Well, how do you? I mean, where's the where's the confusion? You turn on a camera when the judge mm-hmm. walks in. You turn off the camera when the judge walks out. There's sure it, you're not. There's good. Everybody's going to have a conspiracy theory. But if sure. if your eyes are open and the cameras are on. Uh, what are the people going to say? It's like the moon landing. It didn't happen. Well, we no. watched it on TV, but that, that wasn't really it. <laughs> that was a Trump impersonator right. and a guy in a robe that he bought at Party City. 
But you and I know the way that the court cases go. The prosecution gets to lay their case first without sure. a lot of defending. It's not like a debate. You're not going to see Trump standing up there responding. Yes, so you're but that's have every, a couple weeks. Welcome to the American justice system. Yes, the prosecution <laughs> lays out its case. And yeah. then guess what? The defense gets to lay out their case. But do all of the American people who would be tuning into this for political reasons understand that, the way in which it goes? Or would they think well, that it's, it's kind of confusing? I... Listen, we all watch the OJ trial. We know people are confused by the <laughs> by uh, courts and the legal proceedings. They are, but it's true. We can't. We don't have time to educate everybody in the legal no. system before the trial. Uh, but I think if you put it out there, it, like I said, it's not going to change people's minds. But it takes it takes part of the argument away because transparency. When you shine light on an yes. entire process, yes, you can't. You can you can make up whatever you want. Don't trust my lion eyes. You're, we're watching it. I agree with you. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I, I want to re-ask the question. Yes, though. all right. So to answer your question, <laughs> technically, is it going to interfere with the election? Yes. But when but if these if these charges are warranted, as these yeah. grand juries are all finding they are, mm-hmm. When are you supposed to have the trial? Is so well, is justice deferred because somebody? Do we make a special? Uh, do we make a special condition yes. because somebody yes, is running do. for president? Why? Why do we do that? Well, can I? I'm going to do the far right wing thing. Please go all the way right. Go all the way right. If you're ready, I'm going to do the whataboutism uh, oh, stuff. I hate whataboutism. Why weren't other people charged with things? And, and no, I mean this. I mean this genuinely. Uh, but there uh, were Clinton, investigations. Don't please. Oh, well, you're on, not going to go to Clinton, are you? Bill. Bill Clinton. Um, he tampered with um, uh, witnesses. He perjured himself. He was never charged with anything. Why not? That's that's a simple question for you. The reason why he wasn't is because he was getting out of office. And you know what? It's not a good look to go after a president in that way. That is how we treated ourselves just a few years ago well, with someone that committed actual crimes. Oh, all right. I'm going to leave out. I'm going to leave out your qualifying adjective. On uh, this one, because, you know, so far, according to the grand jury, it has risen to the level of actual crimes. According well, to that, there's still a trial. Opinion. There's still a trial. Yeah. You know, yeah. right now, he is presumed innocent. That's, yes. you know. And so, the grand jury's level of, um, you know, what is proof is different than what sure, a, a of course, actual of course. So, yeah. but But because of their rulings, there will be a trial. But no, but to get but back to it, to there have been instances it, where people are above the law because of the role they had in our government, or at least somewhat above the I, law. So I think the difference becomes what he's being what he's being charged with, and the fact that again we all watched what happened on January sixth. Now, whether you whether you want to admit that the former president is responsible for that in any way, or is responsible for trying to overturn the election i know some people believe it 100 percent. some people disbelieve it a thousand percent that's that's a little bit different and i don't want to use histrionic phrases like a threat to our democracy but when you know there's some things that you just i never (laughs) thought i would see something like that sure i i I understand and i I know that this is not the the thing you do and i'm sorry if i'm jumping in and doing the thing i do on your thing um but i i will say uh just one last kind of idea in all of it is that's why I would have delayed all these trials. I would not have had them until after the 2024 election, and that's the only thing I would have done. I'm not saying they right. couldn't happen at all, but, what about, but when you wait two and a half years for some of these charges, like the January 6th stuff, to come out anyway, why not give it two more? Well, here's the thing. We, we, we make a big deal out of it spent two and a half years to bring the charges. There's a lot of big legal cases where it takes years to get all sure. the ducks in a row. Sure. Well, 
the Ducks got in a row. We can't help it that he decided he was going to run for president again. And if you delay the trial, what if he, what if he, what if win? he wins? What if he yeah. wins the election and then right. you know he's found guilty and just pardons himself? That doesn't seem right either. But he could do that, and it's the American people's will. If he got voted into office, that he become the president. It's not like anyone is unaware that he's being um, well. That's, you know, gone. That's after. true, and that's why I that's that surprised me for either part. Like if a if this were happening to a Democrat, there's not a chance I would. Uh, you know, I'm not going to vote for a three time indicted person. And it for now, apparently. For, well, well, we're going to hold on. Let's uh, yeah. let's not jump the gun. That's not right, I right. see the I see the bailiff bringing in a giant wad of paper. I'm guessing. I'm guessing that has something to do with it. She you looks think he's very stern. You think no. the bailiff's like losing hair? Oh, the bailiff? No, she doesn't. The judge had a hard time lifting it. It was very heavy. Okay. Um, All right. But I thought you were talking about uh, Donald Trump. No, I don't think he's stressed out. No, I don't think he's stressed at all. I think he's having I, a couple of diet cokes. And, sure, everything it, is. He, this is he's like the it. John Gotti of politics, and I mean that only because he, no matter what, he cannot be convicted. Right. It's it's well. No, come on. Until he, might the very- be, he might be convicted, and he might still win the presidency. That might he all might. happen. Yeah. I, see, for all the uh, constitutional uh, purists, I find it really hard to believe that somewhere back when they were finding this, they, they didn't say, hey, should we let people who are uh, convicted felons go be president too? Now, he's not yet. I will stress yeah. that. I no. don't know if he ever will be, but... That's something it's, you should go. Should criminals be allowed to be president? Because they can't it's vote. <laughs> it's weird you say that because my instinct is to totally agree with you, which I know goes against most of what we know <laughs> to be our friendship. But I, I will say that if if the American people want to vote someone in office who's a criminal, isn't that a, a right. bad, like the thing that gets neglected in this conversation very often to me? Anyone that's not on the side of the the former president, you write off everybody that supports him as if they're all crazies. No, but there's so many people that support the former president that uh, he might legitimately win an election. He might. He that might. has to be that has to be considered the will of the people, and that would right? be a nice change. Point. Yeah, if he won one, you know, for yeah. for him, he wouldn't have to make it up. Uh, sure. All right, listen, we got to take a quick break. Craig Collins is my guest. He's a uh, fantastic radio host, good friend of mine. Uh, he is uh, he's joining me. We're going to talk about the uh, the breaking news. It looks like uh, so. Let's do this because I have a feeling when we come back there will be uh, there will be some more uh, some more developments. It's WTMJ nights. The night is still young. More of WTMJ nights coming up next. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Craig Collins is with me. Craig, a fantastic radio host in his own right, longtime friend of mine. We appear on each other's show because there's nothing like arguing with your friends. Nothing says, <laughs> hey, uh, let's let's test our boundaries yeah. by arguing about all kinds <laughs> of things. We are going to go, uh, we're, we're watching Fulton County, not, uh, not a Braves game, but we are watching because the grand jury has turned in their indictment. Do you want to... Uh, you want to take uh, set an over under? Do an over under bet on how many charges on <laughs> how, this one? How many charges? Yeah, we'll, well set. I mean, let's set the bar at eight. Okay, you're no, gonna go I, over, gonna go under. over eight. You're gonna, I'm go, gonna go easily eight. over eight. Over eight. I'm thinking over double of eight. I'm thinking wow. 15, 16. Yeah. Wow, I should have set the bar higher. All right, well, yeah. eight. Yeah, I set the bar pretty low. 
Uh, well, no, I, I mean, I think it's going to be 10. I think what was leaked is that it's going to be 10. If that's right, then that's... But at the same time, it's Trump, and it counts in an indictment, so 30-something has been the norm. Well, yeah, they love they love to, you know, break up one alleged crime into a number of smaller alleged crimes. So yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's like shaving your ham really thin for a sandwich so it looks like you get more meat. <laughs> if you, you went know. to the bathroom halfway through your crime, that's two crimes. Oh, sure. Well, sure. Yeah. Maybe you sat down, then you stood up. Things got... Uh, <laughs> Things got crazy, and it's... Right. Uh, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're already now, we've already got uh, attorneys for both sides yeah. on TV. Not Jack Smith, but uh, people coming on. And co- I love that people are already commenting on an indictment that hasn't been opened yet. Like, we, we've got, <laughs> like, uh, it's the great Karnak. I'm not surprised. I'm not I, surprised I, I, either. I think it's it's just... Uh, in one ear, out the other at this point. Like, there's been four now, you know? Yeah. When when you had the all-day CNN uh, coverage of the first one where they're checking where the airplane's taking off. And where and, the car is going to be, and he's yes. in the elevator, and he's right. going up. and uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. OJ's Bronco, but now they're doing it every single time yeah. with this. But by, by the time we get to the fourth one, <laughs> I do feel like people are just thinking, eh, you know. Let's be honest. Now, you deal you deal in talking about this all the time. Yeah. Does it shock you at all that we now have a former president who is who is, is getting going for his fourth indictment? Well, there there's two answers to your question, Noonan. Um, does it shock me at all that there is a president who's been indicted this many times? Yes. Am I shocked that Trump is the president? No. Uh, okay. If you told me that someone was going to get indicted this many times, Herbert I'd assume Hoover. it's Trump. And I think it plays into what Trump talks about a lot, which is that the the you know machine is out to get him. I do think it this works is, in his right, favor. Let me to talk about that. Sure, that he can talk about that, and it does it does rile up his supporters, and they you yes. know because they're going to believe they're going to believe whatever he says, no matter what. What bothers me is that there's you know to to boil it down to they're out to get him, and it's where does responsibility come in where does being being liable for right he's not now but if he is isn't there shouldn't he be called on the carpet for that and let's please don't please don't what about these other people there were we're talking about we got to talk about the right now isn't there if he is guilty shouldn't he have to pay the price for what he's done can we go through them, though? Can we go through all of them? The Manhattan one's a joke. I, I think the fact that it came out first is the reason it's a joke. And what I mean by it's a joke is the felony charges make no sense. They're misdemeanor right. charges that got inflated right. to felonies for no reason whatsoever. They're saying so this is the one would, that might have that might have the most meat on the bone, this Fulton well, County so, one. Yeah, so again, that's kind of the problem. Let's just think about it in the world of Hollywood. If the fourth movie is the best movie... But it takes you got to go through like the worst movie first to get to the fourth one. A lot of people don't make it there. A lot of people stay focused on the first thing. Right. I don't know which one. I do think the one that has the most meat on the bone is a one where whataboutisms seem to make a lot of sense. But you asked not to do them, so I won't do them. What what, what do you got? The the classified documents documents one. Because that one's going to be hard to argue you're not guilty of taking the classified documents. Sure. But he's not alone in doing that. That that part is true. I will grant you that. But also... The, the part that got me with that particular indictment isn't the fact that he had documents. It's when, allegedly, when he was asked to return them, he did not. And he also allegedly... Yeah, but that's allegedly, not what the crime is. It is, it is not turning them over. No, the, and trying the crime to, and is trying having to them in the first them. place. And obstruction of, uh, you know, obstruction. Those were, those, that's what he was being charged with. 
the, the primary crime is having the documents in the first place. You're not allowed to have classified documents outside of the places. you. Pre- Although the president has unique rules, I know he's going to make unique arguments about whether or not he declassified them. And I know people think that's crap. We'll see what happens in court. But I, I will say that, that everyone else is as guilty as he is of the taking class, even Hillary Clinton, of having classified documents places they shouldn't have A been. lot of people had classified documents. That is true. Yes. I think the right. I think the circumstances surrounding this particular so but that's everybody, not all they're charging Mike, him with. Mike Pence, uh, everybody yeah. else who was asked, yeah, turned them back over. Right, but that's right. not what the crime is. The crime, yes, the that crime is, part is of having the crime. them in the first place. No, no, no. The crime is also try, uh, hiding them, refusing to turn them back over, lying to the investigators. Those are all the crimes. Well, that's not the only crime he's being charged with, though, Noonan. He is being charged with the crime of having them in the first place. And if that's a crime, then everybody else should be charged with it too. Well, th- th- I, you you know this about me. I welcome if you I welcome <laughs> you investigations you into anybody. Yes, you, go, go after him. Yes, investigate Take Hunter Biden. Charge it. Charge him. Amen. If Joe Biden is connected to that, investigate him. Charge him. Yes. If charge them all. But, okay. But if they've been investigated and not charged, we got to move on. Okay. I know you're up against the break. I got to say just real quick. If if um. Biden isn't involved. If the president wasn't involved, he's an even bigger idiot than most people think he is because his son was trading on his name and he didn't know about it. That's worse. Listen, the, the I just learned my daughter has been trading on my name for <laughs> months. Is it going well? No, she's she got like places? three donuts and I've got nothing. Oh. Okay. So it's it doesn't right. always work out. But yes, he yes, that, that so I'm I'm all for it. Look into it. Yeah. Go ahead. Do I, it. Go crazy. I this is this is where you and I do agree, and we're going to take a yes. quick break because really, uh, somebody do me a favor, Isaac. Call Fulton County. Tell them to pick it up. We got things to do here. <laughs> Craig Collins we, is with me. We don't have time for this uh, yeah. Falderall and Fiddle DD that I'm seeing down in Fulton County. Um, that we both we both agree that yes. investigate everybody. Throw them I, all in the Hooskow. If yes, if they deserve to go to the Hooskow, then put them in the Hooskow. Right. But then if they are investigated and not. We got to move on. We got to okay. Some uh, fair. Yes, if they're listen. If it all goes, uh, if it all goes your man's way, he. Hey, hey, don't call him my man. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> all right, don't call him my man. If it all goes, right. if it all goes Trump's way, and he goes sure. to trial, and he's found not guilty of everything, that's it. It's that's it. It's that's over. it. Yeah. Move on. Right, exactly. See? All right. Look at that. Look at us agreeing. Craig Collins Amen. is my guest. You can hear Craig every day on WMBD. Correct? Yes. 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 Why did WMBD. I, I almost blacked out on that. And uh, filling in nationally, <laughs> he's all over. And you can hear him uh, here with me uh, right here on WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Now more of WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Craig Collins is my guest. He had a equipment. It's it's hilarious to see. Not hilarious uh, for Craig, but hilarious for me. His you know, he has this beautiful studio where he does his uh, radio show. And it's true, things have fallen. <laughs> What what happened? Things are broken. Is it, it was it the earth trembling under your house because you saw that the grand jury has returned ten indictments 
against uh, yeah. former President Trump yeah, in sure. Georgia. Yeah, well, may- maybe it's it's sabotage of me, Noonan. Maybe they're going after me now. Do you think, oh my gosh, which, who would it be? Would it be the uh, Corrupt Justice Department? Would it be mainstream? Oh, You're mainstream media, so it can't be mainstream media. Somebody somebody in the deep state has oh, got to get me. Oh my gosh. I know. Can't figure out who it is. I, neither Where's can I, Paul Pelosi? I've never met anybody in the deep state. Do they identify themselves? <laughs> I would like to meet someone and find out exactly what they Man. do. How cool would that be if somebody's like, hey, I'm part of the deep state? How are you doing? Wow. Their card is just black with two words, deep state. (laughs) No number, no name, nothing. (laughs) What? Really? Yeah. On mm -hmm. the back, it says, we'll find you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Why so nosy? We'll find you. That's (laughs) funny. Wow. Yeah. Well, I hope it's not. I hope you're not being targeted by the deep state. No, who knows? I think we'll be okay. All right. I'm trying to see if they've uh, given us what the 10 indictments are. Indictments are. Well, sometimes they don't unseal that stuff. That might take a while. It could. Well, I know if uh, once we have some news, why it'll come back in and break in with uh, the breaking news. But this is breaking news. Uh, Once again, I think, as you said before, the fact that it's Donald Trump being indicted a fourth time, yeah. not as surprising. Uh, it still seems very odd for a former president to be indicted. It hasn't happened before. Um, right. Now we have four of them. Now we have four. Now yeah. this one, you know, this one not is that interesting. It couldn't have happened before. I'll keep saying that, but go ahead. Sorry. I, 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 no, I, listen, I understand. Yeah. Let's go. We we'll go all the way back to Nixon. Let's do it. Let's go, Let's go back to everybody. Who knows what Teddy Roosevelt was up to? Right. He said he said he was. Bush, yeah, says he was creating some national parks. Who knows what he was doing out in the world? I don't woods. know if Washington was really that honest. We no, never know. None of them. Abe didn't even <laughs> die at the theater. Part of the deep state. It was a big cover up. Big He's still alive. Cover. He is. He and Tupac yeah. and Biggie. Oh my god, they're all hanging out, and that and they get along. It's a beautiful thing because Abe, you know, he was he was big on hanging out with all sorts of people. So. I think once you fake your death, you become very friendly with anybody. I think so too because you don't want to yeah. you don't want to give it yeah. away. You don't yeah, want to right. be the guy. You don't want to oh, that's upset the guy who's going to tip you off. <laughs> Anyone you meet at that point's got to keep your secret. So you got to be very nice. Right, exactly. Unless you've yeah. you know changed your complete. You know you have your face all removed like uh, John Travolta yeah. in Face Off. Then nobody nice. knows who you are anyway. So what do you? All right. So now this is going to happen. This uh, this judge doesn't seem like she's playing. Or, or no, it was the last judge, the D.C. judge, who doesn't yeah. look like she's playing around. She wants to. Uh, she's threatening to move the trial up. If, uh, if, well, that's ridiculous. If Donald Trump, that's yeah, ridiculous. Come on. Uh, the, the one trial that they're talking about, I think that's the classified documents one. They want it to start like the second of January or something, which means after a couple weeks, we get to the uh, Iowa caucuses and that's right around when they're making their biggest arguments in that case. Right. That, that seems to be as intent on being election interference as, as humanly possible. It's, uh, I know. I know we have to look at this under the lens of the election, but if it right. was, and we, I was going to say if it was anybody else, but this is a different circumstances. Right. But if it was anybody else, you want a speedy trial. You, yeah, you, know, but, you want stuff yeah, but, done. And it doesn't matter it, what your job is. If you're like, Listen, I'm up for a promotion. I can't go to right. court today. If it took you guys two and a half years, whoever you guys is, to investigate all this, why does Trump's legal team only get like three months to try to figure out a defense for it? No, that listen. That makes sense. I, I've, yeah. but you know, her argument was that if if that she hates statements, him. her argument was screw him. Well, his, her argument was uh, I'm the boss. Right. I'm the judge. <laughs> I'm the boss. This is you know you're in my house now. Sure. Uh, yeah. F around and find out. And yeah. she was uh, you know right. And I I like a judge like that. Sometimes. You know? 
Yeah, unless I'm on trial. Right, yeah, then I'm not. I'm then not I know, then that I, yeah, then I know I'm like, hey, just chill, man. I mean, yeah, but I'm please. also but I'm also not a guy who if the judge tells me, hey, stop making comments about uh, potential jurors and things like that, mm-hmm. I won't make those comments. But man, we know that defend, is not that's not the gotta, DNA of the former president. I gotta defend that again though, because like it's it's in the best interest of the voter to hear the side of the story from the guy running for office. So not talking mm. about that stuff is is not possible. His side will come out at trial. That's what his that's what his attorneys are going to do. And let's be honest, you could hear the side of the guy running for office. How much of the stories that we've heard from the guy running for office have been made out of whole cloth? They're, it doesn't co- matter. Every, it, it, it's you're allowed to lie as a politician. Sure, first and of foremost. course. Um, yeah, so they all do. If if it's true or lies, that part doesn't matter. I I don't know. That seems really um, willing to allow for something to change the way in which Trump can run his political campaign I think the by point, telling him what he can and can't talk about. I think if he's talking about his own, you know, his own trials and tribulations, no pun intended. Yeah, that's fine. If he's going after potential witnesses, that's a different story. Well, I think that they've agreed to that. I think with witnesses, the Trump legal team is is fine with that. I think it's yeah. the the people involved that are not the witnesses we're talking about the judges we're talking about the prosecutor we're talking about any of those people trump does feel a um a value in going after those people and i think that i think that his voters that voters who care about his opinion might believe that some of those people are kind of out to get him so you know it i don't know it this is why i enjoy a good persecution complex i like that people (laughs) that somehow uh, once again, our friends in the deep state and everybody else is persecuting everybody. Nobody, there's no responsibility. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, yeah. There are there are definite layers of the law. You and I are you and I are held to a different standard low of the tier. law. Yeah, we're, we're getting we're getting yeah. we're getting the the book thrown at us, and oh. we have nothing to say about it. I've never been warned for a speeding ticket in my life. Gotten every one I've have ever really? been pulled over for. I've never gotten, a warning. I've gotten a couple warnings, but the majority wow. is they look at me, and and I'm always honest, too, though. You know yeah. why we stopped you? Of course I do. <laughs> you know, because I don't have the Batmobile. If I were going yeah. any faster, you wouldn't have caught me. But now... <laughs> I love that. You know? Uh, I, I'm honest, too, when I get pulled over. Um, I, don't, I just have a you face don't, that you don't says... Say, my speedometer was rigged. Right. Yeah, this, no, yeah, I, yeah, I don't look at them and say <laughs> the deep state was screwing with my speedometer. I don't go that road. There was somebody in my car, obviously... Yeah. Where is I, Paul Pelosi? I would never speed. Right. I don't speed. Yeah. I was going 10 miles under the speed limit. I was. I was going in reverse. How did you even find me? That's amazing. I, yeah. I no. don't know. It's obviously no, ne- some Never sort of in my thing. life, though, man. I, I have the lowest tier in the world of uh, um, the judicial system. They go yeah. after me for anything. Me too. That's how it's. I know, it's okay. That's just how it's going to be. Uh, I'm, we're still waiting for uh, for anything. No, we're not going to get it. Isaac, is any uh, is Wyatt coming in? Does he think he's got anything to break or nothing breaking at this time? Nothing breaking at this time. All right. Well, listen. You guys have those teletype machines in the back somewhere? We, we do. Edward R. Murrow's ghost actually is in the newsroom <laughs> now. He helps out on uh, he he floats in on big breaking news nights. It's exciting. Nice. You should be here some night. It's I very should. spooky. I would like to meet his ghost. Uh, well, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't suffer a fool, so I never get to talk no. to him. He but doesn't you, mingle he, with the, no, the unwashed. Not the non-news folks. Are you okay. crazy? I, I forgot. No, he did. Edward R. Murrow's ghost. He's in there trying to win Peabodys <laughs> and NPR awards and 
dance-offs. He does have <laughs> dance-offs, which is weird. Yeah, but that sounds weird. I didn't expect that last part. Of course not. That's <laughs> All right, listen, let's take a quick break. Craig Collins is my guest. He's a national radio host. He's a local radio host. He's uh, sometimes, uh, you know, a little misdirected when it comes to his opinions. <laughs> but if you ask him, I am more misdirected in my opinions. But yet, look at this. We can still talk. All right, uh, we're going to do more with Craig, and uh, we'll keep an eye on Fulton County because... You know, why not? It's on the TVs. We might as well look at it. It's WTMJ Nights. More WTMJ Nights coming up. Back to WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, Craig Collins, my guest on WTMJ Nights. Oh, my goodness. Not too long left. We've been talking a lot about the the grand jury returning 10 indictments in the... uh, Trump Georgia case. Craig, you had 19 as the or 18 as the uh, <laughs> yeah. over. I'd bet, I bet uh, I I don't think I bet. I think I picked 10, exactly 10. Uh that's right. I only need one vote to to win Check this game. Check it. Isaac, uh, listen, Isaac's going to Isaac, I only need one vote to get to. Are you telling him to find the votes? I would never tell somebody to find the votes. That's uh, allegedly okay. a crime that I could be indicted for in radio court. <laughs> I think Casey, oh, radio court should be a thing. Radio, radio court is a thing. Uh, and you know who the judges are, don't you? Edward R. Murrow's ghost, along with Casey Kasem's ghost. <laughs> All the morning zoo yes. shows would be in so much trouble. <laughs> every oh, ca- they'd all be fired. Every kazoo, snare drum playing morning show, morning <laughs> zookeeper. Indicted. Indi- <laughs> you mean you weren't really whipping them out on Wednesday? No, we did not. Oh, that is misinformation. That Look is at that. Bad, bad business. They're going to radio jail. <laughs> I wonder where radio jail is. Oh, I'm going to no guess idea. Fargo. <laughs> Overnights in Fargo is radio yeah. jail. Nice. That would probably be, I, I don't know, that might be it. Uh, Craig, you ever had any uh, any wild animal get into your house? No, I've never had a wild animal get into my house. You're very lucky. The reason I ask is uh, an Arizona woman says she's never going to go to the toilet again without looking in it first. Because uh, this woman from Tucson, she uh, made a horrifying discovery after she returned from a trip. Not to Chipotle, just like a vacation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she'd been gone for four days. She went into a bathroom. She lifted the lid, and a giant snake was curled up in her uh, in her toilet. I have this fear. Do you? Yeah, I'm afraid of this. Of snakes uh, in the toilet? I've never had it happen. Yeah. Why? That sounds, that sounds like a thing that could happen. Well, she did need a snake wrangler to come. <laughs> snake See? Wrangler. You First never want to get a snake wrangler for your toilet. No, you don't. I wouldn't even know where to find a snake wrangler. <laughs> and to be honest, I would just, my first instinct would be to just try to flush the snake. Sure. Wouldn't that yeah. be your? That makes sense. But I think he can get back through that. Uh, if he's come up one he, time that yeah, way. I, yeah. That would be so weird. How did this fear come to pa- come to be with you? That I feel like on unusual. the East Coast, I feel like on the East Coast, this was happening at one point. I think that there were snakes <laughs> in toilets and I grew up on the East Coast. Okay. I, I don't remember when or for how long. <laughs> But since then, I've been a little weary. And if I go to the restroom kind of late at night, I double-check the toilet. I double-check really? the bowl. Really? No, no, I do. Yes. Wow. See, It'll never happen to me. Well, that's good. I'm gl- You know, you're yeah. very, you're alert. I'm on top of it. You're like a Boy Scout. You're prepared. You know? <laughs> you wear yes. uh, two pairs of pajama the, bottoms just in case the, the fangs try to get up there. I that's have good. the uh, snake in a toilet badge. 
I do. Wow. That one I was know. hard to get. Congratulations. You had to make it yourself. That's <laughs> All right, Craig Collins is with me. We got to do a little uh, little business. Yeah, Isaac, see? I told you I could do the breaks. Uh, Craig Collins is with me. Brian Newton will be back. WTMJ Nights. Don't go anywhere. More WTMJ Nights coming up. This is WTMJ Nights. It is WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan. Craig Collins is here. You can hear Craig every day if you are in the the central Illinois area in W on WMBD, or you can hear him on one of his many national fill-ins. But tonight, you get to hear him right here. Craig and I are old friends. We uh, appear on each other's show, and we talk about all kinds of things. Sometimes we agree on things, which is fun. A lot of times we don't <laughs> agree, and that's well, fun too. But then we yeah. uh, you know we still go out for a beer afterwards. We do. There's yeah, we rarely drink different beers, too, though. Well, sure, because you, you'll only drink American, and I only drink that dirty commie <laughs> import beer. Uh, I wish that were true. That's not true, but that's, that's great. not true at all. I would love to have <laughs> that, that conversation with you at a bar. Oh, that'd be so great. <laughs> I just want a Budweiser. Right. I'll have a Stella, please. Yeah. What? Put that dirty commie beer dirty away. Dirty commie beer. Man. All right, you saw a story you said you wanted to uh, you wanted to I talk did. to me about. I- yeah, I do like one. Um, I'm sure you're a big fan of Baby Stormy. Um, that's someone that you're big into. Didn't she have a run-in with the former president? She was that, <laughs> was that a different one? It's a different one. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Baby then. Stormy, I'm I think, is a, a musician, a rapper. I don't know much about her, but she went viral on YouTube uh, because she tried to have a flash mob uh, version <laughs> of a video at a Target for her brand new song, This City is a Graveyard, which is obviously a huge bop. Wow. Um, the problem... <laughs> I like that you just use... Obviously a huge bop. Thank you for channeling 15-year-old girls. I appreciate that. I was also trying to challenge you, or channel you a little bit. But So uh, This City is a Graveyard is a song that she wrote, and she's trying to get it off the ground. She had 20 (laughs) of her friends show up at a Target. They were all dressed like zombies, a little bit of a ripoff of Michael Jackson. And then they started dancing, and they got thrown out very quickly, Noonan. Of the Target. Because they were not allowed to be in the Target. Now, here's the problem. Uh The guy who threw them out, the security guard, he's a white guy. So they're claiming oh that it was racism that threw them out of the target. It was probably just someone doing their job. I'm wondering if he's racist against black people or zombies. What are we? <laughs> where are we uh, falling on this? That's a good question. I, I don't think they were specific about it, but racist target employee calls the police on us for dancing oh, is the God. title of the video. And then she has a big rant about how it's unfair. Uh, obviously, a group of white people dressed as zombies would totally have been allowed to dance in that target. I, I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. Either. I, I do, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here, Craig. I don't think any group of a large group of people could just storm into a Target and start dancing, or any establishment. I think that the flash mob thing had its moment. Uh, maybe yes. people allowed it for a while, but it's definitely not within the rules. Usually, most places. No, and now we see that flash mobs are uh, you know robbing people like that Nordstrom's out in Los Angeles. But this is Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's you know. Yeah. Are, that's crazy. are are they racist for calling the police on that mob too? What's no. I'm I'm very aware that there are racists. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware that there are bigots and but I also am very cautious about yeah. throwing that label around. And we yeah, do, th- a lot of people do it way too freely. Yeah, I think it needs to take, um, you know, you need to contemplate it a little more before you're sure that it's what's happening. Um, And then also, I just love the fact that during the video, she says, hey, they can't stop all of us and we can sing this too. So as they're stopping some of them, she tried to keep going, singing and dancing. Wow, a little stormy. Yeah, it's a baby stormy. Oh, baby stormy. 
Yeah, she's a baby. Quite a pair on Baby Stormy to think she could just start singing and dancing again. <laughs> That's again, you're not. If you and I and Isaac, uh, and then we'd have to pay. I mean, we'd we'd be a very weak flash mob, but we could yeah. still we could grab some more people. We couldn't go in and just start doing whatever we want in a target. We cannot. Yeah. I think you know, that is against the rules. And I don't care what color the security guard is. They would be well mm-hmm. within their rights to go, I'm sorry, uh, all you zombies over by the greeting cards, you got to go. Yeah. Everybody out of the Target. Yeah, we can't, we can't have this at the Target this time of night, no. guys, please. Because one, it's just, as you said, against the rules. Two, uh, there are people in Target who are very deathly afraid of zombies. Yeah, They've I watched so. Walking Dead, and they they don't want to have any, any more of it. <laughs> the, problem, the problem is we've become way too comfortable with just slapping these labels on people and not worrying yes. about the the fallout because yes. you you label this security guard not you but they label this security guard mm-hmm. racist he doesn't escape that as easily as they threw it out and they move on to the next stupid thing that they're going to do he's also, left to carry that that water also people know now that when you add that element to something even if it's not real you're going to get way more attention so if yeah. you're if you're design from jump was to go do a viral thing where you're being an idiot inside a target with 20 of your friends and then you get kicked out without making the video you wanted call it racist and you're still going viral which was the end goal yeah it's it just i just talked about uh, baby stormy on this show that's what she wanted i was gonna say i have never heard of baby stormy and now i'm going to be in the hotel tonight going down a rabbit hole doing nothing (laughs) but watching baby stormy and eating chicken mcnuggets oh good luck to you that's my night that doesn't sound like a good night. It sounds like a horrible, horrible night that's followed up with uh, by nothing good in the morning. Do you like the McNugget from the the McDonald's? Is that your chicken nugget of choice? I have, I do like them, but my okay. chi- here's my chi- here's my chicken nugget of choice, Craig. This is the Please, Brian sir. Noonan chicken nugget pick to click. <laughs> One, get yourself an air fryer. Okay, that has nothing to do with the chicken uh, nuggets, but it I gotta does. make my own chicken nugget. Go to Costco. Okay. There's a bag of these chicken nuggets. De, De Bear is the uh, the brand. They taste just like Chick Fil A chicken nuggets. I'm not exact. A teacher told All me right. about these, and I said this yeah. can't be true. And I went and bought a bag. We're now on our third four pound bag of these chicken nuggets. <laughs> I eat them like they have a cure. Yeah. They Here's are, the thing, though. Yeah. You said that they taste like Chick Fil A chicken nuggets, so I might just go to Chick Fil A and you get those could, chicken nuggets. But the <laughs> nice thing is. Yeah. Anytime I want, because I bought a bottle of Chick Fil A oh. sauce at the store. So now, anytime I want, in eleven minutes, that's counting the preheating time for the air fryer. Three minutes to preheat, or twelve minutes, and then nine minutes to cook. I can have chicken nuggets. Doesn't matter what time of day. Doesn't matter if I have money or not. Are you telling me that you brought an air fryer with you to a hotel room? No. To, <laughs> yes, I travel. I like. Uh, I travel with a valet, and he's right, actually sir, he's actually back at the room now cooking up my nuggets. <laughs> so the minute I arrive, my hot plate of nuggets will be uh, sitting there for me. I'm a, listen, Craig. You've known me a long time. I'm a pretty big deal. I have my yeah. nugget valet. I know that comes. You got with your nugget guy. My nugget guy, which sounds like the complete opposite of what we're actually talking about. Yeah. That would be one of the richest people I've ever met if they had a nugget guy, though. Like, you would oh, think yeah. it was weird, but it would also be amazing. Well, it's like Snoop and his uh, the guy he has on his payroll that just rolls joints. Yes. Snoop Joy pays guy. a guy to just roll joints for him. If yeah. I had a oh. nugget guy, <laughs> I, I may Anybody actually... Anybody need a nugget? Who needs a nugget? Ask the nugget guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those are Mr. Noonan's nuggets. Uh, you, <laughs> you have to eat those out of that chafing dish. 
Uh, those those nuggets were cooked about an hour ago. Mr. Noonan demands nuggets within five minutes. Yeah. So these are his hot nuggets. You get the lukewarm, greasy nuggets. <laughs> if you have a problem, take it up with Mr. Noonan. Yeah. What would you, you have if you had him. a valet? If you had a valet to show how rich you were, what would your valet handle? I have no idea now. Now, now that nuggets <laughs> now are out there, nuggets an off the table. And now I can't. I can't even remotely <laughs> think about it. What? Something more obscure. That would. Oh, I would love it. Yeah. Maybe just. Maybe a hat brusher because you love to yeah. wear hats. If I you do. had a guy yes. who just like you know like a guitar tech for a band, if you mm-hmm. had a hat tech who That'd just would brush yeah. your hat, make it all right. nice and new, and then all yeah. of a sudden uh, he knew you you gave a little signal and whoosh, yeah, the, I just throw just hats just, at him when I feel like they're not good enough. I just pull it off and throw it at his face. This hat's disgusting. <laughs> there is sweat on the band <laughs> of this hat. I'm How sorry, Mr. You? Collins. I'm sorry. That's uh, <laughs> so bad. Oh, this is fun. Jo- Isaac, did you have uh, did you have one? You looked like you wanted to jump in. Isaac has a valet, Craig. Well, Snoop's got the guy who rolls his joints. Yes. I've got a guy who rolls my breakfast burrito. Oh, oh nice. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah, a good that one, good. too. Yeah. That's a good one, too. He doesn't make the burrito. He just rolls it. Right. Oh, no, because the, yeah. the chef make, I makes sep- the ingredients. Yeah, separate guy to make it. And then he has, <laughs> he has three old women just making tortillas out on his patio. Yeah, that's amazing. They're yeah. paid handsomely. Sure. Well, you're a big deal. You're producing the night show. You're you're you gotta treat in. your people well. Listen, my my crew rolls heavy, Craig. That's you yeah. know that. <laughs> we roll heavy here on the night show. All right, listen, we gotta we gotta start getting out of here. It, uh, thank you so much for being on sure. with me tonight. This was we didn't know there was gonna be breaking news, and yet there was. Um, but uh, Craig Collins, once again, you can hear him every afternoon on WMBD. Uh, you can hear him nationally filling in on the uh, Chad Benson show and other shows, and uh, you'll hear him here again with me. So uh, thanks, man. Have a great night. I appreciate thank you it. too. We'll talk to you later. Uh, All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. I will be back with Sandy Max tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock on WTMJ Now, and then back here tomorrow night. You can't get rid of me. Thanks for listening. Isaac, thanks for all your help. Wyatt in the background going, oh, if we only could. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's WTMJ.